One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and we are here with the Clone Wars report. It's a great. It sounds very much like important news is breaking or just like a lot of people are typing on the set of Mad Men. <laughs> yes. 
which is breaking news in its own way. Uh, we are very excited to be talking to Clone Wars Report. Uh, the musical guest and co-host, as always, is Ken Napsock, and I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we've been talking through all of the Clone Wars. We just started a chronological rewatch. If you're just catching up now and want to join us, you can uh, just Google Clone Wars Chronological Order, and a great guide will come up that is from StarWars.com. This episode, we are diving into Clone Cadets. Uh, this is Season 3, Episode 1. Obviously, it's a little bit earlier in the actual chronology. What we're doing on this show is we're dividing everything up by uh, kind of arc. And there certainly is a clone arc, but uh, this is the one that just uh, is in the earlier part of the chronology. So we're just tackling it by itself, the episode Clone Cadets. Uh, the moral of this episode, Ken, is brothers in arms are brothers for life. How are you feeling about that moral? I think uh, it's interesting to to dive into it because initially you kind of go like, yeah, you form some bonds and this and that. I now, after kind of watching the episode, look into it, I take it as, hey, brothers in arms, they also need to be brothers in life. Not saying got to be best friends and hang around a campfire with everyone, but it, it works that way. It's an outside, you, you know, it's not just, you're not just bonded by what you do on the field. You need to make sure you're connecting and, and growing off of it as well. Yeah, I really like that. This is not, the moral is not brothers in arms are best friends for life, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not just Rosie. It's just like you are connected. That is the truth. Uh, so, which that would then imply like find a way to make it as, as great as possible to be connected yeah. because you are. Yeah, and, and then there's also a, a surface level thing too. Yep, totally get it. You see that with a little bit 99 we're going to dive into, but yeah, uh, I, I like it. A lot of meaning in that. Yeah, yeah. Does does it resonate with you more having worked in security and having a lot of uh, people in your life uh, who have been uh, police officers, been involved with the military? Does the specific does that specific aspect of it, uh, you know, brothers in arms, uh, speak to you? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, we all kind of go through those things in life. I, I would even throw wrestling and being in a wrestling locker room. There's, there's a bond that um, sometimes, for better or worse, is there, and that you 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 circle up, you rally, and you're connected, and you have a shared experience. And uh, that, again, doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to be best friends, but to go through something, to come out the other side stronger for it is is something that uh, speaks to me in those terms. And, that, and that's definitely a lot of the atmosphere uh, for whatever it is. There's that shield around a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And again, the, uh, good the or episode bad. Does, yeah. What's that? I said, again, good or bad, yeah. Good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the episode definitely does dive into that. Just a very uh, brief summary. This is a story of clones being trained on Camino, uh, being overseen by Shakti and some bounty hunters, which we will, of course, uh, talk about. We meet some clones that we will see further adventures of. There is a specific squadron, Domino Squadron, that is having a hard time. They are struggling with the training. Uh, in the clones in that group are fives, cut up, droid bait, echo, and heavy. And that's really the story is of them trying to graduate to be clone troopers. So, Ken, what was your overall reaction? Did you love this episode? Did you like it? Did you struggle with it? Really, I really love this episode and probably love it more. Getting to focus on them. We keep talking about the power of rewatching this in the chronological order. And that's really been working on me so far. And we're just, you know, getting into it here. Um, I just, there's new perspective with Echo now with the show behind us, all those kind of things. But I, 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 I think watching this the first time and the first and a few times that I've seen this episode in the episode in the past, I don't know. You can kind of, again, on the surface, looking at that moral, 
they're training, they're failing, and they got to work to the, together to succeed. Good, great lesson. I get it. It's it's a lot, a lot more than that. And other things jumped out to me this time around. This is why these rewatches can be really valuable as a fan if you value in further insights into these episodes. So I, I really loved it. And uh, we'll talk, we can talk about some of the chronological stuff there. But there was also, I found myself way more interested in the secondary lesson, lessons of teaching and coaching mm. and mentorship and, and how to do that. And that really stood out to me more than even the clone story this time around. Oh, wow. That's great. That's a, that's a really great insight. I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, but I'm, uh, I did not have, uh, have that strong response to the teaching aspect of it as you did. So I'm excited to hear about that. But otherwise, uh, we're really in the same place. I've really liked this episode when I watched it before because it's one of the things that I love the most about Clone Wars is uh, th- this wrestling that uh, Star Wars does with the tragedy of war, but then within it, uh, what are these great life lessons and uh, giving humanity, like the, the shots of the clones and attack the clones, particularly the ending. I talk a lot about how that the, the, them all lined up with their armor and marching mm-hmm. onto the ships is it's a tragedy. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the failure of the Jedi and the Republic. So to go beyond that and say, but it, it, these brothers in arms, it's not their tragedy. They found themselves in this. They're individuals. They're humans. Let's go into their story and just invalidate them as individuals. I've always really loved that. This is one of those episodes that does that. And then I've, much similar to you, have been like, this is a great, straightforward story about teamwork. Mm-hmm. And watching it with uh, ha- more Star Wars thoughts and thinking about the complexity of some of these themes and uh, my strong feelings about where the Jedi succeeded and where they failed and why. Mm. I just so uh, incredibly engaged in, yeah, it's a story of being a team, but it's a story of a lot more complex ideas than that. It's it, it, We're going to mm. get into it in the themes, but it, it dives into the balance between the individual and the group and the comparison between the clones and the Jedi and even the bounty hunters and how does that spill over into teaching philosophy and all of these actually complex ideas mm-hmm. that is more than just, hey, remember kids, teamwork is good. Hey, you're a team. Great. Right. Bye. It's not as simple as that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Uh, I got a couple ideas on what kind of big themes that resonated for me are, but for you, what was uh, at stake in this episode? At stake for me was understanding the concept of, of, of strength does come through individuality, but wow, when it flows into a unified goal and you don't let that goal erase your individual personality, you can really accomplish some things. There's also some values uh, of uh, being able to adapt um, to, to succeed, not just overcome, but succeed. Is that a big theme or just a good life lesson? I don't know. <laughs> and I love the idea of self self-discovery within the group or within a group and, and being uh, constant. Um, the idea here of, of the nicknames are so big, right? And who believes you should have nicknames or who rejects nicknames and who embraces them or when they do it at certain points. Uh, so this, this individuality is, is, a, is, is, a, is a big theme for me. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I love everything you're talking about here. The nicknames in particular being this symbol of individuality and we get to see it that even that is not just straightforward where they all like come up with nicknames that some of them have their own names that they have pride in 
mm. and others are assigned as a validation. And then, you know, you got names like, uh, we call that clone droid bait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, droid and there's bait. even, I think a little bit of, you know, possible validation of that. Uh, but to see that these names come from, they truly emerge in an organic way. It's not even like in the subculture of the clones, they've all decided that like at this part of the training is when you pick your name, it's happening organically. And it's, for yeah. some it's great for some, it's, uh, bad for some, they have to figure out how to embrace their names. So I love the complexity just within that. Yeah. Well, even, um, well, sorry, even echo echoes yeah. an insult, right? It's, it's an, insult. an insult. Yeah. Yeah. And so he has to become that and, and it represents who he is and he's not ashamed of that and, and, and all those kind of things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And heavy rejects his at first, which is, you know, a big part of it. But yeah, I love that this is, uh, I think on that surface level, it looks like it's just a story about unity. Um, that's even what uh, the great narrator Tom Kane yells at us <laughs> that clones need to have is bravery, valor, unity. Um, in that it absolutely is that, but just as you're saying, it's unity, uh, either versus or together with individuality, depending on how you want to look at it that in order to truly be successful within a team and to appreciate oneself as a part of a whole, you still have to appreciate yourself and you still have to embrace your individuality. And I really like how that is reflected uh, through Echo, uh, but really I think uh, through Heavy, where he is the one who is having a hard time working as a team, where he is the one who just wants to run out there and mm. do it himself. I've played many video games uh, with people behaving like Heavy. <laughs> initially yeah it doesn't work he, um, he he is the leroy jenkins of the clone wars is what you say yes, yes, okay. heavy and just goes running <laughs> in there um yeah but i really like how it comes down to when he embraces his name when he embraces even the idea of having a name uh from clone 99 is when things start to click into place for him. We have a bunch of other moments with other clones where they're wrestling with their names but for heavy in particular the fact that he wins by working better together as a group, coming up with an idea that is entirely dependent on teamwork and his individuality. Mm -hmm. Because right in that moment where, you know, they don't have the ascension guns and he comes up with a plan that is, we need to climb together as a chain. So it has to be teamwork. Right. And trust me individually, I know this idea will work because I know guns. So just like in his solution, he represents both the power of individuality and the power of teamwork. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's really, uh, really powerful to me. Did you have other thoughts on the sort of unity individuality? Um, I have ideas how it ties into the bigger perspective of Star Wars. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the other uh, theme that I wanted to touch on is this idea about what's fair. Uh, comes up kind of explicitly uh, when Brick, the bounty hunter, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, steals their uh, ascension guns. Yeah. And there's just that discussion of like, well, yeah, that's the way, yeah, you're, you're kind of being a jerk, but also that's the way it's going to be on the battlefield. Nothing's going to be fair. Mm -hmm. And I saw that reflected also in uh, Clone 99 being understandably upset that he never got a chance to prove himself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that isn't fair. Uh, and, and he proves his worth in, in, other ways by being, uh, you know, a supportive guide and mentor to the other clones and helping them see themselves and helping them see their situation. But I like that little uh, sub theme of how do you deal with life when it isn't fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. And I like that uh, 
we talk about in terms of, of, of teaching and styles and, and what shock T does with that moment is, is what's interesting to me. Yeah. Tell me more about uh, your teaching thoughts. Is that, uh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So <laughs> sure. shock T and the bounty hunters, uh, what, what did you get out of that? There's this, this, the whole concept you have, you have brick and Ellis uh, spelled L S it's not like our buddy, Mark Ellis, but brick and Ellis, uh, by the way, it's also interesting that there's like, we we're kind of busy. Uh, let's hire a bounty hunter to do some training. Like, Whoa. Right. <laughs> wow. All right, Jedi. Um, there's, there's different, you know, and you, you and I've talked, I, I, I've been a coach before and there's different kinds of styles and, and there is sometimes I think tough love can be valuable, but I think shock T's is a better example of tough love versus brick. Brick's just a prick. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but shock T it's very interesting, right? That she's just like, cause Ellis is like, this is not fair. There's not fair. It's, 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 she's just like, mm, no, nah, it doesn't, no, no, doesn't even think about it. Like, cool. Let's see how they do this. I have faith. Um, but the, the bigger concepts of uh, Ellis has faith. He really believes in them and brick doesn't and how a lack of faith can destroy you, potentially destroy you. And bricks all kinds messed up. I'm not condoning all his things, but there's some, there's some interesting, I don't know. I, I sometimes think being a little tough's okay. Uh, but again, I don't want to condone any of Brick's actions here in, in a real life situation. Don't try to fight your students. Maybe not a good idea. <laughs> but he has a misplaced pride in their failure, right? He's so, you know, you guys, um, you guys are not going to succeed. And for Ellis to point out, that's a reflection of you, uh, is a very powerful lesson of leadership, mentorship, being a teacher. Uh, you work for those that work for you, really, if, if you if you have the right approach. Uh, and I thought that was pretty, pretty important and pretty valuable. And, and, and for Star Wars, that has a lot to say about teachers, students, masters, Padawans, and the different ways to do it. And I believe, uh, just in terms of sports, you know, you have to, people are going to react to different styles of coaching on your team of 26 players. Three might need you to go, get out there. Do it. Others might need you to go, hey, come here, sit down. Let me talk to you about it. You know, you have to you have to deal with them as individuals for that common goal. So it's reflected back into what we were talking about here. Yeah. So, um, I love that. It's just like what the goal at the end of this is to work as a team. But what yeah. do you individually need in order to get to that place? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do you need? And being able to recognize those underneath you as individuals uh, uh, who Again, so, uh, tough love sometimes or, or nipping at him or barking. I barked when I needed to bark because I know some just didn't care till I barked. And that was there. But others, you know, it is a, co a counseling, a coaching, a mentorship uh, who you can trust. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird football adage game. But like if you can party on a Saturday night and play on Sunday, you have my trust. But if you can party on Saturday night and you fail on the game on Sunday, then we need to talk about your specific yeah. individual rules and boundaries that you can't handle. Uh, I'm not a parent. I'm sure yeah, that's going to be a little different. My, my sister and I are eons apart. <laughs> so I thought it was really interesting because, because teaching is important in star Wars and, 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 and to see it on display here. And that's why I really do love shock T in this, in this, in this one specific moment of bricks playing dirty Ellis. I'm not, I'm not saying Ellis is too soft by the way, but, but you know, a little bit like if he had, if he had got his way, shut him down that's going to be a failure for Domino Squad. They're going to feel it. They're not going to be like, oh, it's okay. Our ascension guns got stolen. They're going to be like, damn, we couldn't even get past this again. Shakti's got the right approach. And and and, and that her speech about, uh, and this ties into the other themes, but 
we in the Jedi, you know, when it's when it's right, we are uh, individuals as as a group, uh, and so she understands a lot of those things. Anyways, it was very fascinating to look at it this time around because I didn't really pick up on a lot of that last time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You're really bringing out some uh, some themes that I like saw and appreciated, but didn't really appreciate on the the same level that you are. So that's great because uh, yeah, definitely I liked and got the idea that. Uh, Brick is just kind of being a jerk and he's just like, it, it, they, they are not his responsibility. He just gets the clones he gets and some of them are good and some of them right. suck. And this these ones suck and he's just ready to move on from those. <laughs> no self-reflection about his own mm-hmm. uh, attitude. But then the, the other thing I thought about when you, when you were uh, sharing these insights is this great perspective of we are training identical clones to march in formation and follow orders. And in order to do that well, we have to accept that one size does not fit all. Mm-hmm. It's such a great contrast if we're never going to get them to this sort of necessary rigidity of, you know, uh, of a squad mm-hmm. without really approaching it them as individuals and with individuality. Yeah, and the rigidity, 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 that rigidity. <laughs> you can um, party the night before a podcast. I, I cannot. I uh, you know, that, that, uh, that's not, I mean, you need it. That's life-saving. You know? That's life-saving in this war situation. But to get there, it, you got to recognize how, how to get there in the best way possible. And I think Shakti does. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, all great stuff. So let's talk about some of the, how the bigger, how these themes reflect a larger uh, storytelling or morality or perspective of Star Wars. You said that uh, you had some thoughts there. Well, I just look on the surface, we get some great uh, teasing for the Bad Batch uh, stories yet to come, both in Clone Wars and the series, right? And I, I, I giggled every time I heard it, like, oh, they, he said Bad Batch. <laughs> um, <laughs> we obviously know this ties in Star Wars' belief in the power of the individual and everything, but, but, this to me is the groundwork for the rebels as we know it, including all their flaws. I am, in, I, I just am fascinated by learning more and more about that little plucky rebellion, that plucky group of rebels that took on the empire, and just knowing the struggles it took to get there, um, or the leadership that was needed, the different styles: Saw Gerrera, uh, Draven, Mon Mothma, all, all those folks. Where it comes from, Infus Nest, and that what that represents from the ground floor up, but how it does flow into a military organization. Um, and because it's Star Wars, because this is a prequel to all of that, to see that that's a, a, a perhaps a, a spirit that aligns with the Jedi uh, versus what we know with the Empire and what we know with the Sith. Uh, I, I love that, it, to me, it flows right into the Rebellion. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think that the Rebellion is a step forward from the Jedi, I guess, in a way, from the flaws that the Jedi had yep. uh, in this era. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time when we talk about Clone Wars talking about sort of a justice for Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Trying to understand, like, here's the really difficult path they were trying to walk and why they might have made some of those mistakes and why they might have seen the Clone Wars as uh, honorable uh, defense against, uh, you know, an attack from the Sith uh, to begin with and get lured into this. And, and we get see that again where they're like, hey, we're too busy, so... Bounty hunters, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, obviously, um, LS is you know uh, pretty pretty good. Fine, brick, mm. not so much, not so much. Uh, but with the with shock T in this episode, I think is the thing that I probably enjoyed the most mm. of the subtlety of. I felt like the clones affected ultimately Domino Squadron. This great balance between the need for unity versus the need to respect the individual. 
and Shakti had that moment at the end where she was like, yeah, I think they're going to be the greatest, uh, might be the greatest ever because we need, we challenged them and, mm-hmm. and they uh, found their individuality. But a bunch of the other stuff she says to me is an example of the Jedi going too far away from the individual mm-hmm. and being more um, invested in the idea of the group to the point where they start to lose a sense of the individual. They start to have a lack of emotion mm-hmm. and that fear of attachment. All those flaws I started to see in Shakti in these uh, a couple specific mm-hmm. lines and scenes. Uh, she's got the scene uh, with um, Lama Su uh, where they're talking through the problems with uh, some of the clones. And uh, Lama Su says, I know you're concerned. And Shakti says, a Jedi does not feel concern. Right. Oh, and it's yeah. one thing to master your emotions. It's another to just reject them entirely and push mm-hmm. back. Like she's in the middle of talking about a legitimate concern that needs to be dealt with. And she's like, I don't even feel that. <laughs> would you uh, say that's a little bit of hubris? I would. I would say one of our favorite <laughs> words, hubris. But to me, that tracks through like Phantom Menace, bringing yeah. Anakin before them. Nothing the Jedi are saying about Anakin is wrong. He is, you know, he does miss his mother. He, he is, uh, he does feel that fear of loss. That is a danger. But they don't treat him with warmth or kindness, you know? Yeah. And there's that lack of, of, of emotion that can be, like, great, I'm, I have all this power as a Jedi. Yeah. It's dangerous for me to act on my emotions. I need to be really thoughtful and responsible about how I use my power. And then you just get one step too far into not having emotion at all, which will affect, I think, your your ability to kind of see the needs of, of individuals and only think about your, you know, big picture rules. Yeah. Uh, there's this other line from Shakti later where she says in the Jedi, individuals and the group are one and the same. Right. Which is, again, just like a, it, it's not a mastery of the self. It's not saying... I recognize that I'm an individual and sometimes my individual needs are not as important as what the group needs. Mm-hmm. It's instead not mastery of self, but that sentence suggests entire rejection of mm. self, mm, yeah. which is where it got really interesting to me because that's not what the clones do to succeed. Mm-hmm. Heavy embraces his individuality and it helps him better serve the group. But Shakti is saying, I, you, I shouldn't have... I don't really, ha- I'm not really an individual. I just serve the group. Um, and all of that gets really interesting to me when Lucas and all of Star Wars clearly does want to do storytelling like this that wrestles with the value of the individual versus the group. But you look behind the scenes and you know that Lucas had a lot of trouble with organizations mm-hmm. <laughs> in his lifetime and a lot of the prequels resolve around the failure of organizations. And then you start to look at the original trilogy and a lot of that is the success of individuals who come together to form a group, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was really interested in that contrast of almost this episode's to me saying, Shakti is an example of a Jedi who means well and put too many eggs in the basket of organization over individual. And here are the clones who balanced it right and succeeded because of it. It's it's a harbinger of the the relationship to come with a lot of the Jedi and the clones. We even joke sometimes Obi-Wan seems a, a little harsher 
on the clones, not with Cody, but with everything. You know, um, what did you? Th- I want to jump to this. What did you think? Because you talked about the great moment in Attack of Clones that you view as tragedy, and I, I'm right there with you on them marching off to war. It's why Bell Organa punches that uh, that fist down on the balcony. Right? What have we done? Shock to your speech. It's a graduation speech. I'm not reading. I don't want to read too far into it, but like she's like, great, y'all graduate. Let's go on fight the separatists. It's your great calling. Um, she's not wrong, but what, what, what's your what, what did you feel about Shock T in that moment? I, yeah, it was one of those those moments where it feels like she has been subsumed to the group, right? Like the right. Jedi is an organization have decided that this is the right move. Uh, you know, I, I have shared some defenses of of why they would initially think that, but yeah, when Shock T is just right there looking at it all the time, of like, I am pumping out these these clones who I can see are individuals who I respect as individuals and I'm training them to work as a group and then march off to war. Like didn't, you know, didn't you start to question like some of the other Jedi did, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to catch up. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those, like, I wouldn't really have the answers. It's just a fun discussion point when you lay it down on that uh, big map of the story overall, Uh, taking that vision and attack the clones, the big music swelling, marching off to war and have her actually here again. I don't know what, what else she going to say in that moment. All right, y'all graduated. I don't fully agree with this war, but have fun. Like I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, but, but it it reads as you know that's that's the belief, and and that's part of the complicated uh, confusion of the Jedi during this time. Yeah, in that danger of taking the nobility of not acting on your emotions in a dangerous or petty way yeah. too far, and like, are you just kind of emotionally shut down, Shakti? Well, and this it, isn't affecting you because you are not mastering your emotions; you're rejecting them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and it's, 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 I don't know, it's also interesting because it's Shakti who's this um, very elegant, beautiful, almost like a French model who's got a laser sword, and she's just kind of disconnected, and, you know, it's just, she's always going to seem that way, even if she's, like, talking about how much she loves a, a meal at Dexter's Diner, she's going to be like, it was very good and pleasing, um, so it's interesting to take that style and really have to focus on her words, and yeah, she is truly at times maybe dispassionate, not dispassionate, but because um, I think she's a really good Jedi, you know. What I mean? Yeah, but it, but but it's part. I'm excited. Sorry, it is part of that. Why we call it the justice for the Jedi? There, there is no clear cut mistake. All of it comes out of good intentions. Well, maybe there's some mistakes, but yeah. yeah. But it's all good. You can track them all down to good intentions, and she is she is being she is being the group. You know. Yes. Yes. And and there's a lot of Star Wars storytelling about this as well. Uh, um. I think just the view of the force that translates to, Hey, uh, we are all connected. We all, we all matter. Uh, we should see ourselves as our own organism, but we should also see ourselves as a part of this, you know, interconnected cosmos and mm-hmm. what, what harms one person harms me too. And I think there's some very just beautiful ideas of what the force is. And this is, you know, commenting on that from the Jedi perspective and the clone perspective mm-hmm. in such a complicated and interesting way. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, the other kind of big picture theme that that makes me think of Star Wars storytelling in general is just uh, another great example of this idea that everyone has value. You know, we get that with the Triumph of the Ewoks, uh, Jar Jar and the Gungans, uh, the Dio of like uh, mm-hmm. people in, in species and characters who would be kind of like, ah, oh, that's not one of the big players. They don't matter. And then what do you know when you treat them with respect? They really matter. Everyone mm-hmm. va- matters. And Clone Ninety Nine is just uh, such a great character mm-hmm. in that pantheon of of Star Wars, reminding you everyone has value. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Ninety Nine stuff's real, real touching. Was then is yeah. now. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last kind of big picture theme that I wanted to ask you about, and then we'll head to a break. Uh, I found myself thinking a lot about the nature versus nurture of the clones. Uh, obviously, that's a big uh, point of uh, the sociological discussion of you know how much uh, of our of our traits are we just born with, uh, baked into DNA, versus how much are we shaped by our experiences, our teachers, all of that. Mm. And you know, the clones are they're they obviously have you know, they have a, a, a sped up lifespan, but they have a lifespan. And it's just fascinating to me to think about uh, they're clones. They're all made from Django Fett. They, you know, they, you know, they're supposed to be made to spec, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but all of this individuality is emerging, even though they're having very similar life experiences. They're, you know, literally sleeping in the exact same pod as one another. Yeah. Uh, you know, having the same meals, having the same training. And yet all of this individuality is emerging. How do you, what do you think about that? Or how do you feel about that? You just can't stop it. And why, why it's important to, uh, you know, view the clones as, uh, as, as people, right. Didn't we see, it's one of the revelations of Padme was going to introduce legislation, right. The, the clone act, I forget what it was called. Uh, Sabe learns it. Um, and so you, you can't like, like Shmi telling Anakin, you can't stop the change. You can't stop the person coming out of <laughs> the pod. And, uh, and I, I did like the conversation, you know, Lama Su just being like, you guys should find another clone. It's a very, very <laughs> bad thing you all killed Django Fett because now your clone army's suffering. Like, I I loved that scene. It was I loved going back to Camino. So yeah, right. yeah, no, that would that's great. Uh, a little bit of a shade for Mace Windu there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, the, is the way I interpreted that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, shade for Mace Windu and many other fun details in this episode of the Clone Wars. We will be right back to do more Clone War report. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. And we're back for more Clone Wars reporting. We're going to dive into some of the fun details. Ken, did you have a favorite action moment in this episode? I, I, I'll, I'll go to uh, what was the the Bravo Squadron when they take it real fast and they they, they they pass the test. Yeah. Even though, hey, they're kind of jerks to our for heroes of Domino Squad. <laughs> I liked it because this whole sequence, this whole setup, and I know in Star Wars, I'm trying to trace when the first time a training room in Star Wars is just a bunch of you know, grids painted on a wall and on the ground <laughs> pops up a lot. I actually like it. But for me, it all reminds me of the uh, great uh, syndicated program in the late 80s, American Gladiators. 
uh, and uh, my big favorite to the final competition where you got to run around and, you know, lace or laser is up there shooting a, uh, you know, a ball down at you. And, and, and so the whole sequence just reminded me of that. And I, and I enjoyed that. And it was fun to watch it uh, done fast and properly. Take yeah. that domino squad. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was a lot of just great uh, evoking of that classic story that's in, in so many different uh, kinds of storytelling of like, mm-hmm. oh, here's the, the the people that everybody loves who do everything right and not our charming weirdos. And like a great, uh, that scene is such a great contrast to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and leads that even like, oh, wow, they're really good. Uh, how about that next squadron? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great comedy moment. Um, uh, I really like just the, whole training room it's uh, because it is so evocative of lots of different things to me it reminds me of just like a video game tutorial room like i've literally played james bond video game tutorials that basically happen yeah <laughs> in that room you know and it, it almost made me i almost twitched for the controller of like this is where i'm supposed to do the clone wars tutorial right yeah. like in this room <laughs> yeah. learn how to aim and jump and yeah. roll one of them even does yeah. a little video game action roll <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, he does yeah yeah right at there at the end um I like droid bait getting shot because <laughs> just it, it amused me of like, oh, okay, well, that's uh, okay. That's how, that's how you get a nickname. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think my favorite action moment, it happens throughout with just heavy being a heavy because mm-hmm. uh, we played that in Battlefront 2 right. so much where there's the heavy class and you get to play it, uh, you know, across eras, but you get to be a, a clone trooper with that big blaster. And, you know, I know from uh, being a heavy, mm-hmm. That heavy's a very good heavy. <laughs> yeah, he's a good heavy. He gets that gun out quick. When I have to switch to that gun, I usually get killed on Battlefront 2, yeah. Yeah, he, he times it so the the warm-up, because, you know, it's got to warm-up before it shoots, and half the time when <laughs> I pop out, and like, oh, I'm ready. It's warm, warming up, and then I get Boom. shot. Yeah, that's yeah, it. but not heavy. Okay. Heavy does a great job, so. Yeah. Lots of great heavy, uh, being a good heavy action moments. Did you have a favorite moment of a comedy or whimsy or just kind of weirdness? Yeah, I and I I did watch this twice, Getting ready for a review. I think I'm still not even recalling it 100% correct. I do love when uh, Shakti, they're sitting down with them and, and they like bring her a drink. Doesn't she kind of just go like, no, like, I, no, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I thought that was, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny moment. Like, are they offering her alcohol? And she's like, I abstain. Or because Obi-Wan would be like, give me that. Um, <laughs> so I just thought it was a very funny, I love little tiny weird human moments with these wonderful mythical Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is great. You're right. You're right. Cause Obi-Wan would happily accept that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anakin might get grumpy. Uh, yeah, but no, thank you. No. Um, yeah, I think, uh, for me, one of the, my favorite comedy moments, cause it, it suckered me so well. And I've seen the episode, uh, you know, a couple times before and forgot it. We get that, uh, great establishing shot of their barracks with the weird sleeping pods, which I really, really love just kind of star Wars weirdness. Mm. Um, of just like cool, weird design. Uh, but then you start to overhear that conversation between clones, two clones, and one of them's talking about, and then I said to her, I said, and I'm like, <laughs> how, where? I want to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other clone says, you never even met a girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's like Tan Wee or so. I don't know. Like, yeah, that was, no, I, that, that was on my list too. I also like, you talk about like just weirdness. Because they have these great pods that they're climbing up, I love that they don't. That, that anytime they're climbing down the ladders, it's it's kind of awkward and slow as it would be in real life. Even though these are super trained soldiers with great skills and 
dexterity and things I don't have. Um, <laughs> they, they, they're, it's like, I'll come down and show you clink, 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 clink. I, I just, I love the essence of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. Um, I'd say just a moment of, of comedy that, that does come to pay off is I do like Echo's name being such an on point insult of somebody mm-hmm. who is such a rule follower. They have to uh, repeat everything. <laughs> it's like, uh, droid bait's kind of cruel, uh, but in Echo's like, that's a, that's a pretty good dig. Yeah, no. And I, and I love that he ends up embrace you. You have to embrace it or he chooses to embrace it. You know, um, it, it becomes who you are or you, you rise above it, or it's a reminder of who you were at the point uh, where you got that name and, and that you're thankful for the path you're on. So I like it. Yeah, that is technical know-how comes to have a, a ton of value and that yeah. his uh, re- mastery of the rules is valuable, uh, even if he doesn't have to repeat it out loud at all times. Um, any other moments of comedy or whimsy or weirdness? No, no, no. That was, that was all right. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on you never even met a girl. I was like, is that latent <laughs> memories from Django? Is that just ah. totally somebody picking up yeah. from the hollows that that's yeah. the way that you're supposed to talk in the barracks? Who knows? That's awesome. Uh, I like not knowing. I like that one being a mystery. We're going to move on to Star Wars canon and lore in connections to other stories. Obviously, there's a lot of big uh, thematic stuff with the Jedi. Uh, Let's start uh, talking about that that comment from Lama Sue about maybe needing to find another template and that Mm. clone DNA being stretched thin because they're running out of uh, Jango's DNA, which does feel like a little bit of a dig towards like, thanks, Jedi. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. what were your reactions to all that? It did get me thinking of like, well, what if what if they felt that they needed to? What if the war goes on a little bit long and you're and you're losing these these troops, you know? And 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 who who did does someone volunteer? Do you go Anakin uh, grab a magazine, come in here, like? And, and then that then that made me think of like, well, wait a minute, how do they get? <laughs> <laughs> what is the DNA they're getting? I've never thought about that in Star Wars. So, well, honestly, so there's there's no one way to make a clone. So, <laughs> he does not say that. So it got I I did go down that rabbit hole of who else would you have picked? Dengar? Could Dengar have been it? Um, <laughs> and and if there and if there were so now if you're seven years into the Clone Wars or something like that, and it's like you got a totally different set of clones. I don't know. You know, they could be RS Singh for all we know. It doesn't, you know, it, it could be really interesting. So I did, uh, I did follow that path a little bit there too. And, and I, lo- and I just like Lama Sue. I do love, I just keep saying, I love going back to Camino. I think Camino's is just a, a great addition to star Wars. And one of the great things about attack the clones, but um, uh, I just Lama Sue, just like, whatever, it's your money. Just <laughs> real business. I just, I just like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I'm interested that your mind went to Mace's culpability too. Uh, mm-hmm. Did do you feel like that was uh, a challenge? Did it make you think about whether or not Mace was right to execute Django? Um, you know, no, I didn't take it as a challenge for Mace, but you know, it's 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 it's. Uh, uh, this is this sounds like total like Star Wars uh, nitpickier, but it's not. It's totally from a fun point of view. But just like, all right, Mace, you cut his head off, but you couldn't kill Palpatine. Come on, <laughs> like what are you doing? No, I just think it it um, reminds me a lot of what we've been talking about of the themes of the Jedi finding themselves in the in this war, and the they have to work with someone who'd be like 
you guys made a mistake. And maybe maybe he's, and maybe Lummis is right. I don't know. But Mace doesn't know, right? Mace isn't tracking or isn't thinking long term in that moment as he's cutting Django's head off. And no, even, they're trying to end the war then. Then, yeah. So even if he knows that, is he going to stop? No, I don't think he is. So I love that the Jedi, Shakti, kind of has to sit there and take it. I, not that she doesn't mind of her own and can't speak, but just like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, because without your army right now, we're not we're not in this. We're not going to win this war. We need to win it. We feel we need to win it. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting moment. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I uh, gravitate toward it because I'm just a little obsessed uh, with uh, Mace's beheading of Django. I love it as a storytelling point, but it, mm-hmm. it's a fun examination of. Yeah, Django Fett is really dangerous, and he has proven that. Uh, and you know, Mace, uh, I got no problem with the uh, you know uh, uh, disarming him, literally cutting off yeah. his hand. But I also, I always picture like. You know, a, a big force push, just sending him flying into the wall and knocking him out. That uh, that would have worked too, right? Yeah. Mace? <laughs> but somehow, some reason, in that moment, Mace just decided, mm-hmm. nah, nah, this guy's a threat. He's going to keep being a threat. I am totally taking this guy. He's a part of this, the w- machinery of this war, and we're trying to stop this war, and uh, the head's mm-hmm. got to go. Uh, you know, and, and I love how that propels uh, Boba Fett, but it's just fun then to hear, to see, like, Mm. Mace certainly felt justified in that moment. Make you know plenty of great discussions and arguments yeah. for like, yep, no, he was justified in that. Uh, but then does he have Star Wars storytelling keep showing ramifications of it, not just Boba Fett, uh, right, right. but now this like, yeah, the, we're gonna have some more problems with clones sometimes because you guys killed, <laughs> yeah, you guys cut the head off the golden goose, yeah, and and to take these uh, these head cannon discussions. The, the Mace comic that they put out, the five-issue comic, which which has some uneven points to it, but I, at the core of it is this real good exploration of that specific moment in Revenge of the Sith with Mace before Palpatine and what how it relates to something as a Padawan. But I wonder, because, you know, again, he, in the end, he's raising the blade to take out Palpatine, right? But he doesn't, oh, just, yeah. he doesn't do it right away. He's wrestling with it, as he should. So you have to wonder, was there ever a conversation? You know, Mace... Did you you chopped his head off, Django's right with no hesitation? Oh man, that might have been a problem. Is there any of those discussions that ever happened? So that when he's in Palpatine's things, he's like, "Oh, am I going to get in trouble again?" <laughs> I just love <laughs> having those kind of fun discussions with, uh, quite frankly, myself, but all of the Force Center listeners. Yeah, yeah, it's a great discussion, and I really like that uh, the specter of it was brought up in this episode. Yeah. Um, other kind of lore connections, we mentioned the bounty hunter training. Uh, I think that connects to this uh, discussion we keep having about Jedi compromise. Of like, they are stretched thin. They don't have time to train you. It's in a real dismissive way of like, they can't be bothered. We got right. one here. That's good. But other than that, just hire bounty hunters. How did you feel about that? Did you feel like the Jedi were, that the Jedi should have been there? Yeah, well, yes. It's, it's, it's an also interesting you know, how our, our view of the, the the bounty hunters of the galaxy are, right? We definitely generally associate them with the bad team, right? Like, it's just, and, and, and I would say for the most port, most point, that is true. Um, in Star Wars, um, just being a bounty hunter and getting someone to skip bail in our real world doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad guy. But in Star Wars, bounty hunters always been associated with loner, uh, dangerous uh, on the dark side of, of things, not with the force, but just the galaxy. Yeah. So, so to see that just the Jedi at this point, I don't know. Do they fit? Well, the clone army is based on a bounty hunter. Um, 
This guy Brick needs knows his way around armies. Let's just hire him. Ellis seems pretty sweet. Let's hire that. Like <laughs> it is, it raises the question of who you're working with and what have you been forced to work with? You're forced to do this. You can't train them perhaps in a better way or more in your image as Jedi because you're off fighting a war that uh, you know you kind of were tricked into. It it just leads you down those wonderful discussion points. I don't think I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I don't necessarily think it's right, but they're there, and that could yeah. be the problem. Yeah, and that, I just love that that is a part of the big picture storytelling of the Clone Wars animated series, that you got the contrast between, you know, Jedi sitting around in circle, uh, meditating and debating uh, every move to be absolutely certain that they are justified in the way that they're proceeding. And then as soon as the Clone Wars starts, they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, lead armies. Oh, yeah, make a deal with the uh, Hut crime lords. Uh, yeah, hire right. some bounty hunters to train them. <laughs> it's like... Right, because contrast from where they were to, to where they immediately go. Yeah, you're watching this in chronological order. Like you're, you, you, that's exactly what you got going on. They're working with the huts. They're working with bounty hunters. I thought they were the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Jedi. Poor Jedi. Yeah, and again, again uh, not right or wrong. Just say like, wow, you you were on a you're on a path. You're certainly on a path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's a part of the brilliance of uh, of Sidious's plan yeah. to force them to make these little compromises bit by bit. And they're searching for the Sith Lord, who is responsible, but from their perspective, they're responsible because he's forcing them into making these chess moves, but they are making them themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about Echo, but I wanted to, to touch on that, uh, that this is uh, chronologically our introduction to Echo. And I just, I love his journey heading towards where we see him at the end of Clone Wars, that he mm. starts as the person who is really obsessed with following the rules he gets called out early in this episode for not being able to adapt uh, yeah. that he's just really rigid so when you start a character story with he can't adapt to now he feels so different so unique that he goes off with the bad batch who are all about being totally different individuals like what an interesting arc how did you feel about that reflecting on where he's going to end up and yeah. seeing where he begins. Yeah, there's a lot, lot more depth to the Echo story now that it's all out there. Uh, even the fact that you know what happens to him and his capture and how he's literally just kind of echoing the the information he knows to the separatists. Or, you know, it's being pulled from his brain, but he's just he's just he's just uh, spitting it up there. Uh, you know, it, it, it the name takes on even more meaning. But then, like I said, to accept. Except where you are, and even though it might be a name that came from bad spot, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying this is something that directly translates to real life. Um, I, I'll you know look across uh, Game of Thrones as I often do of just the character of Grey Worm having a chance to cha change his name, and it's like, no, I won't change it because without it, without that path, I'm not here to meet you, Daenerys Targaryen. I'm not free because uh, you know if, if I'm not on this path, I'm not changing that. I'm, I'm accepting it and, and growing beyond it. I think there's a little bit of that with Echo if you follow his, his life. Because it, it's it's just a joke. We go, Echo, more rules? You know, and I'm like, well, hey, that's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but he wears it. He wears it. And, uh, and it's probably a constant reminder. And then and it makes him probably feel even more secure in the end, wherever he is now. And, hey, maybe we'll pick up on a little bit on those threads in the Bad Batch series. Uh, it, it would be interesting. Um so, anyways, just more depth to it. I took more out of it, even even now than than I did. Yeah, then. yeah. No, I totally agree with all that, and I think that's great. And it got me excited because this is, you know, our rewatch of the you know older episode of the Clone Wars. But it also feels like I'm watching a prequel for this uh, new show, Bad Batch, knowing that Echo is with Bad Batch. 
uh, in getting to mm-hmm. see his story continue. Uh, Echo is one of my favorite clones because it's such a relatable, like you, at least to me, you nerd. <laughs> yeah. Did you study for the test, you know? And like, hey, come on, it's not a bad thing. And right. he goes through so much. It, it really, it makes me even more excited to catch up with him and, and see more depth uh, of development with him in, in the Bad Batch series that we're getting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, final bit of canon or lore connection that jumped out to me is just a fun, uh, very small thing that at one point one of the clones calls one of the uh, fake droids a uh, chrome dome, which I thought right. was great to see that uh, pop up again mm. in The Last Jedi. Right. And uh, have it, that's one of those lines that I've heard some people be like, come on, that's a terrible line. And I, well, I like it. I don't in, mind it. In, so, did, uh, so did that clone. So there, mm-hmm. that clone probably likes that line in The Last Jedi. <laughs> Any other uh, connections to canon or lore that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, uh, Rancor Battalion. <laughs> Enough said. Sign me up. Yeah, no, that was great. I mm. absolutely love that. He was a great uh, picture of like a great arc trooper. Yeah, um, I, w- I want uh, the- Hapabore Division, you know, <laughs> Ronto Raiders. <laughs> more and more mm. colorful. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, the Wrath Tar Squad for sure. <laughs> The many limbs of the Rathtar squad are everywhere. Was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned or didn't work for you? Um, no, no. And it helps that it's just kind of this one contained episode. So there's less, less room to play with there. Um, I, I liked it. I, 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 yeah, no, I, I think I even, um, the, the clones, the training clones, uh, the, the masks being the translucent, you can see through, uh, I like that choice. Uh, maybe I, I didn't back in the day. Uh, I'd like that. You, you know, you can see their faces. You go more up and personal in those in the, in the, in there. Um, the, the design of uh brick is fine. Like it's fine. It's one of those, like those hairs, his brain. So freaky, <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 it's never bothered me, but I, I, I never not focus on it at one point during any time one of these characters pops up. Yeah, I don't think at any point his brain head pulses, but I always picture it pulsing. <laughs> yes, it's very Mars Attacks. Uh, <laughs> it's classic, which again is part of the fun of, of the prequel era, right? And, and, and their Clone Wars extend, extends uh, into that idea of just like uh, uh, weird sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing for me, and it kind of actually works, but there are a couple of moments because I was having so much fun really tracking the clones Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, especially, you know, fives and echo are going to really go on to be super important, but because this is early in their career and they don't have different, uh, haircuts or tattoos yet, it, there's some moments where it's legitimately hard to tell them apart of like, Oh, I I totally, totally recognize that delivery is heavy, but who just said that? (laughs) Oh yeah. Fives and echo going to shock T to, to bounce out of the unit. I had a couple like, wait, I had to like kind of do some you know, Wikipedia and of like, oh, it was Fives and Echoes. I, I, I didn't know. And also, by the way, I'm looking up just so anyone, no one tweeted. Uh, Brick is a uh, cinetine, uh, which uh, I am aware, and, and that is an anagram of Einstein. And uh, there's there's this great quote. If, I feel like this is the old data bank brawl days, Joseph. Uh, yeah. Grad Moff Lozen Tolruck says, never trust a cinetine. A brain that large contains a multitude of treacheries. <laughs> uh, like the ascension gun so i guess there you go i guess that moth is right uh since you're on the wikipedia page where did the cinetines come from originally uh humanoid let's see oh, no that's not the wrong thing I, I, i'm out of practice from the old databank 
<laughs> Jeez. Uh, native to uh, Mileva. Mileva is the, not much to it, just listed as the home world of the Cinetine species. Okay. But I mean, like, where in, in, in real life Star Wars, when, when were they introduced? Oh, oh, where they first appear? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clone Cadets is actually, I think, the first one. Oh, wow. Uh, and then it goes on from there. They yeah, A lot of Clone Wars stuff, a lot of other characters. Uh, uh, Sisters flashback, right, because it ties in a little bit of Ventress's story, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, because you have Br- Golas, Aram, Brick, Halstead, uh, Beck, Lossie, uh, Pones, Limbic, Nim, Mindbend, and my favorite <laughs> one, Brainy. <laughs> Brainy appeared... That is- Oh, that's so great. I'm going to do a Cinetine yeah. deep dive when it's we finish a, recording. As a friend of Greedo. Brainy is a friend of Green, uh, Greedo. Brainy is a friend of Greedo. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we spent some quality time with uh, with the Cinetine there. <laughs> and almost all of them sound like bands I don't know about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Halstead was the one that has uh, received the infant Asajj Ventress. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Halstead sounds like uh, an artist who is always guesting on somebody else's <laughs> tracks to me. <laughs> <laughs> featuring Halstead and a sample from Dido. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's not really that big of a critique. Uh, no, 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 have, no. Um, yeah. To have that, uh, that in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking up Pons Limbic because that name uh, jumped out to me and it looks like uh, that he is in live action. Hmm. Pons Limbic, uh, who was nicknamed Brainiac for his ability to mentally calculate hyperspace jumps. Uh, he spent time in Chalman's spaceport Cantina on the planet Tatooine. Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, interesting. There, There is someone listed f- in New Hope. Uh, is that him? Is that the one? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, so he is He is from that weird brain design is from way back in the beginning then. Yeah, or, or was it special edition? Maybe. I don't know. Sometimes it's confusing. But yeah. We'll have to yeah, absolutely. Well, during the production of A New Hope, the character was referred to as Brainy, Cranium Head, and Crater Head. Well, and there you go. <laughs> there you go. All the rich life of Cinetines yeah. and uh, exploring Wikipedia. We love Wikipedia. All right. Anything that uh, we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, I just did want to say, you know, in, in doing this chronological order and we're watching everything as it plays out. It's interesting, you know, because we do see Domino Squad early on in the series. And uh, I actually think this episode here uh, in, uh, to begin season three, it works really well for me uh, because it, it, it then serves as a flashback prequel episode. And because even if you're just watching this in 2010, you're already more connected with the con- uh, clones. You're already more connected uh, with Domino Squad. You might be even more specifically connected to them. So there, there has a little bit of emotional punch to like do 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 do. Let's go back to how they learned to be clones. Like to actually see some of the training. I thought that was actually a real effective use of dropping this episode totally out of order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think the 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 power of meeting Clone Ninety Nine as well, and and just getting that whole. The picture of of their life it, it does work pretty well as they jumping back and they end the a little bit of like oh we want to be arc troopers yeah you're you're gonna get to be yeah <laughs> you know yeah at least some of you uh yeah so uh, it's mm-hmm. all all good stuff i think i managed to touch on all of the different stuff that i wanted to talk about uh i guess the, the clone 99 metal bit that is great that yes. uh connection uh, between him and heavy and mm-hmm. that that moment where clone 99 was really really being the one 
who says, you know, you have you have an opportunity uh, to really be someone uh, and to really lean into your name and have it be a thing of pride uh, is just such such great classic uh, Star Wars storytelling and, and good storytelling for uh, the 12 year olds of all ages from actual 12 year olds to much older. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, you always had a name, all that 99 stuff. It's uh, tear-inducing. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Uh, Ken, if you could have a figure of any character from this episode, who do you want? So I'm going to have to change my answer. Uh, I'll give you what I had, and then I'll change it. Uh, I was going to say Cl- uh, Clone 99 with, like, action mop, like some mop action, even though he doesn't really use a mop so much in the show. But, you know, you know he's maintenance. You know, he's pulling those droid bodies you know it, it's a little opeep it like oh we, can we get clone 99 and opeep it in the janitors of the galaxy <laughs> figure edition but as we're talking i realize i need a um like a six inch black series brick cinetine figure with a squishy uh, brain head <laughs> you just kind of oh yeah that it would make a little squelchy noise yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, I'm obsessed with those cinema scenes where you would have three uh, figures. I was talking on the other show this week about Watto's box. I would love the uh, the clone judgment uh, <laughs> action pack set that has Shakti LS and uh, in good old squishy headed brick. That would be great. That'd be awesome. Um, oh, Citadel. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. I love yeah. that it's Citadel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Little connection, which obviously has uh, good connections going forward. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. we have said so many things. Ken, our next episode is going to be Supply Lines. Uh, I believe it's season three, episode three. That will be the next one we're discussing. If you want to keep watching with us, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? I think the moral of this podcast should be never judge a brain by its size, but by its content. <laughs> <laughs> never judge a brain by being able to see it on the outside <laughs> of your head right yes. yes great moral do you want to take us home with where uh with all the plugs and everything i'll take us home my friend uh, thank you all for listening to the clone wars report here at force center if you want to reach out and join the conversation do so on twitter at force center pod use the hashtag force center we are on instagram YouTube, you can like our Facebook page. We have merch on tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And then you can support us if you want at patreon.com slash force center. Many tiers to choose from. Find one that's uh, best suiting your heart's desires. But as always, a great way to support us. Subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about everything we do here on force center. Don't forget to follow Jennifer Landa as well. Still very much part of this team in spirit and hopefully uh, in literal uh, a, a literal sense of the word soon on a, a special episode we're building we know a lot of you uh, look forward to hearing more from jennifer here on force center don't worry we do too but don't forget to follow jennifer landa on all the things she does and you can uh, follow us uh, along uh, our paths outside of star wars go to me at kidnapsock.com and at kidnapsock across all social media platforms and joseph for you yeah, Twitter and Instagram, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and all my other comedy adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Check out the comedy. All right, Halstead is a new bit you should put in. Do a little bit. You got a little skit? Do a little skit about Halstead, Joseph. <laughs> uh, that is it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and Joseph, you can give us the final word. That is right. We are happy to work here as a group and still be individuals. And we hope you are all enjoying that in the great lesson of the clones. We will be back to talk more Clone Wars reporting.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave.